Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Truculent Thursday. No Louis DeBrusque and Brian Burke this week. Burke, you'll join us next week. Louis just taking a couple more weeks off. But uh, George LaRock, Edmonton Sporting Icon, is going to join us right now in the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. George, how you doing? Very good, Bob. How's everything? Oh, you know, I actually I was thinking we'd switch her up a bit today um, and talk a bit about, uh, you know, obviously, look, the stuff's going on with the NHL and the NHLPA. We're all hoping that we uh, find a way to work together to find a way to play here. Obviously, there's some significant challenges. If anybody knows how real COVID is, it's you. Because you had it and you were in the uh, the hospital with it, uh, the the league has gone back to the players' association and said, "Look, we're we're going to have to renegotiate a little bit based on you know where things are at right now, and it's changed from uh, July." What do you think most of your uh, peers, your you know, as a former member of the NHLPA, what do you think the guys would be thinking about that right now, George? Okay, so there's a couple things in that. First of all, the guys are frustrated because when the CBA was done. Right, there was an agreement that was already in place between the players and the owners. So, because there's an agreement in place, the fact that the owners are asking for another percentage of the guy's contract deferred for longer, the guys they're not they don't really want that. But the thing is, what the players have to understand is that when the CBA was negotiated, it wasn't a belief that with the COVID and everything that the season was going to start in November. Then it got pushed back to December. But there was always a belief in both sides that when the season was going to be pushed back, there was going to be enough time allowed so you could have fans, right? Yep. But the fact that there's not going to be any fans and it's pushed to next year, it changed everything for the owners. So even though there's a CD that is done, the NHL is not like the other sport where they have enough TV rights to pay the salary of the players. So the problem that the owner has is there's a lot of them that don't even want to have an NHL season because they can't afford to pay the guys with no fans. So what's going on right now is that the league is, is negotiating with the guys, but with, with the NHLPA, but the thing that the guys have to understand is that the reality of a lot of teams in the NHL is not the same as it was months ago. So I've heard that there's many owners that don't even want a season this year. So the guys, they're going to have no choice to accept what the leagues want because if they don't, there's not going to be any hockey. And if there's no hockey, it's not the owners that's going to lose. It's the guys, the players. Because as you damn know, Bob, a career is, is like the average is short. If a right. player lose a full season of salary, he's never going to get that back. But the owner's always going to be there. So because of the revenue sharing, because of what's going on and stuff, you know, the owners and stuff at the end of the day are not the one that's going to lose at the end. It's going to be the players. So that's why I think that at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it's going to get done. Not in January because for the season to start in January, what has to happen is that the agreement has to be done by the end of November. I don't see that happening. So I think it's going to happen, but we're going to have a season in February, but there's going to have to be a lot of concession that the players is going to have to accept. 
Yeah, there's no question that we're, we're going to have to work together, George. Bottom line, right? That's And that's the reality of everything that's happening out in society right now at every industry that anybody is in. And uh, we all look at things from our own personal perspectives at times, but uh, the greatest things that get accomplished are often collaborative efforts. Exactly, all right, George. Exactly. Now we're going to have some fun, okay, because that was the serious stuff. So during your career... Uh, you had a, a hat trick against the LA Kings. I know we've talked about that, but I'm going to talk, uh, ask you about, uh, you know, maybe the, the games in which your team scored the most goals. I remember against Columbus, I'm thinking it was like 0203. I think you fought Jody Shelley in the first period, and then you scored a couple goals, and you guys got like eight against the Blue Jackets. Uh, how much, how much fun was it for you? to be a part of a game like that where you're offensively contributing. And frankly, if I recall correctly in that game, you guys were down early, and you kind of got momentum going your way by taking that fight with Jody. But uh, what's it – because I'm going to ask you both ends of it. When you're you're in a game when you guys are going and you're grooving offensively and things are going good, and then contrast that when you've been hammered. So what do you remember about that game against Columbus when you guys scored eight goals and you had two? Uh, I, I don't remember uh, that specific game in terms of goal. I do remember the fight, though, which is crazy because the fights are always, always so much easier to remember. But, you know, the thing is, is, with, with, is you know that with the job that I did, I always took more pride in the fact of contributing offensively than just fighting, right? Because right. the game of hockey is to score goals, is to, to get points on the board, and also not to hurt your team when you're on the ice. And I think, obviously, I take way more pride about the fact that I was able to play a regular shift uh, because I wasn't hurting the team when I was out there, even though the other team sometimes they could put, you know, top lines and I could be out there and stay me on the offensive line, uh, offensive zone, protecting the puck, not be liable defensively, which is so important. And that's why I played a regular shift at least 10 minutes a game, uh, you know, when I was limited in the all-time play in the power play. But, but again, in game. You know, when you, the fourth line is playing well and you get rewarded with wise time and we contribute offensively, and, and, and it's always more fun. And those are the those are the, the time that I like the most, obviously, because if, if you want to compare that to any scrap that I've had, I'm always going to tell you that, you know, when I scored a goal to me, it was always more special than any fight that I've ever got into. Do you uh, do you remember getting beat real bad? Not, not in a fight, but, you know, when you guys got hammered, gave up seven or eight goals in your career? Do you remember that occurring? Uh, I, I don't know how, because you guys had pretty good defensive teams. Like people forget in the 0-1-0-2 season, the Oilers didn't make the playoffs, but Edmonton was the second best defensive team in the NHL during the course of the regular season. Yeah, you know, there's probably games that it happened that we got. Yeah, you know, it happens to every team. Like right? you got things don't go well your way, and you get smoked. But again, it's no big deal. Like this is this is just hockey. That's the way that it is and stuff. And and we know that. But you know, the, the thing is, it's. You know, the, you, you, with the travel and there's 82 games in a season, sometimes things go right for another team and then and then the energy in our team doesn't go away. But, you know, you don't let yourself down because there's a game maybe the next day or two days after. So that's what's so good about such a long schedule is that you can't yeah, – uh, so many games that you can't let just one game, uh, you know, take everything away from you because at the end of the day, what if it's nothing or 2-1, it's a, it's a two-point. It's not – you don't lose – three points because the team, uh, you know, slaughters you. So uh, I know I'm, I, I know it's demoralizing sometimes, but, you know, it, this is part of playing sports. Well, you know what, George? I was thinking. Uh, we've. I know we've had you tell a story about Gary Roberts stepping up for you and absolutely destroying Ben Eager. But that was in a game in which the Flyers gave it to you guys pretty good. 
you know Joffrey Lupul. He had three goals and six points in that game for Philly. And and there's an illustration. You're on the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it was probably like water off a duck's back after the game. I mean, you guys probably talked more about Gary Roberts at 40 working over a 225-pound Ben Eager with left hands. And, you know, you lost the game, you lost the game, you moved on, right? Yeah, but, you know, with that, is because of the battle of Pennsylvania, it was always special, and we had to beat them. Uh, it, it was – and. You know, it's okay that we lost that game. In the playoffs, we beat them in five. We had no problem beating them in the playoffs because right. we're a better team and way, skilled, way more skilled and way more tougher than, than Philly. So, you know, we played them six times because of division rivals, right? So I know we won more games than they've had in head-to-head games. So the fact that they had one in Philly, that's fine. We, we, we pretty much swept them in the playoffs. So enjoy the one that you won in regular season. That didn't mean much. Where your tough guy got beat up by grandpa, and then you released him <laughs> after. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the Battle of Pennsylvania, is it hard to compare it to the Battle of Alberta? Because at that time, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia were better teams. And, you know, like the Oilers and the Flames were, you know, they were sort of 7 through 10 a lot of those years in in the Western Conference, whereas, you know, Pittsburgh had, uh, would end up winning the Stanley. You know, they went to the Stanley Cup final in 08, uh, 2009. They won the Cup. Uh, the Flyers have always had pretty good teams most seasons. So was the, what was more intense, the Battle of Philadelphia or the Battle of Alberta? The Battle of Alberta by far is not even close. And you know what's crazy is that, again, I'm talking about when I started to play. The Battle of Alberta is like you knew there was going to be fight. You knew it was going to be physical. People were riled up to play. Uh, against the flame and it's crazy because bob after i retired when i look at the battle of alberta sometimes you could you could hear a fly like in 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 in, in the fly in the rink because yes. the battle totally changed there's no physicalities anymore and you know who brought the battle back it's matthew kachuk and kachuk yeah, and cassian yeah. sure yeah they're the one that brought it back so then now there's a big more animosity and physicality and because I remember I was one time I was at a game. I went to watch a game in Edmonton, and the flame and the others. There was no atmosphere, no noise. I was like, "My God, hockey has changed so much." I couldn't believe. There's no nobody was excited. There's no noise, nothing. And then when this wolf thing happened with where uh, Kachuk had to answer the bell to Cassian, no. Everybody wanted to watch the game. I remember I was in Montreal when I was talking about it on radio and people were calling me. Even though the game was two hours ahead and it started at 10 o'clock Eastern time, everybody stayed up because they wanted to watch that game because everybody wanted to see if Kachuk was going to answer the bell. That's how crazy uh, battle, what, that's what that does to people. People want to see hard physical battle. People love that stuff. And Matthew answered the bell, and he got respect from everyone around the league. But unfortunately, battles are not the way that it used to be before like it was before. Because I could just imagine, you know, back in my days, it was the Battle of Alberta. But back in the days, Semenko's days, it was like, what, hell of Alberta? Like, yeah. it was, the animosity, the more you go back, the craziest and the biggest ever, ever, ever was. George, the, the players of that era will tell you that if they didn't fight in the game, it was bad. They had to fight. Like each guy, like guys in each team were like, "Yep." Like you know, there were there was often you, you know four, five, six, want, seven fights in a game. Do you want a crazy story about the Battle of Alberta? Just so people don't understand how crazy it was. There's one time uh, when Nacty was the coach. We were in Calgary and we're playing the Flames, which had Christoph Oliwa and the tough team. That day, I was sick. Like I had fever. 
and the cold and and you know I didn't do the morning skate and I didn't even have a pregame meal because I was sick and I couldn't play. So I got to the rink and and then I was I was done like I I was sleeping on the ground in the training room I was done, and Nasty came to me and he asked me if I could dress up. He knew that I couldn't play I was sick but he's like George, if you dress up. And I'll just make you start the game, and just so so they don't know that you you're sick, and and that's it. That that'll be your only shift. But that way, it's gonna calm them down, you know. Yeah. Just to tell you how crazy the battle was, and it's crazy because I started the game, and only one started the game too because the Calgary had the the the, the first change, right? They're the one that yep. decides. So only one sucks for sure that we're going in the face off. He's facing up to me, and then. He faced up to me and he dropped the puck, but I can't, like, I'm sick. I could barely even see. And then as soon as they dropped the, glo- the puck, he drops the glove and he backs up. So, because, like, he knows that I always drop the glove and backs up to square up. And I just back up and stop playing and stuff like normally, but I'm sick. I can't fight like this because I'm going to get slaughtered. But, and then he sees me skating and he's so surprised because I've never done that. But he's right. so surprised that I skates away because he said we're going to go. And then I just played my, like, maybe 30 seconds, and I went back on the bench, and I went back in again because I was sick. But just to tell you that the Battle of Berta back in the days, it was so important to have a tough guy dressed that if he didn't, well, the other team would take liberty on you. That's how crazy it was back then. George, just back circling back to Kachuk because it was a, you know, and I was not happy with him a couple years ago, right around this time when the Oilers, the first time he went at Cassian and then he went after McDavid and face washed him when McDavid was tied up with Backlund. Uh, and then last year, of course, the two incidents in Calgary where he went after Cassian, but I went on NHL Network. And I said that he was going to fight Cassian. He was going to take the fight back in Edmonton, and he did. Oh, I and said I, that too. I, I did too. I said the same thing. I knew he was going to do it. He, I knew he was going to do it. And, in fact, I'm going to take you to the Winnipeg series. The Jets had lost Mark Shifley, and Kachuk was sort of involved in that play. And and then Blake Wheeler, who got challenged to a fight in the opening faceoff of the game to start that series, Blake Wheeler ends up taking a fight with Kachuk later after the uh, injury to Shifley and takes himself, like, they're already down Shifley, who's their best player, and then Wheeler takes himself out of the game for the first half, because it takes a lot out of you. If you're, you know, if you're a guy like Wheeler who plays, you know, 19 to 21 minutes a game, now you're fighting, and they already don't have Shifley, so Kachuk kind of won a bit of the mental battle. Now, here's one for you, George. Epstein's mother has texted the show and wants to know, Bob, who did George hit harder? Jeff Cowan from the Vancouver Canucks or Bob Stoffer? <laughs> well, Jeff Cowan, I think, dislocated his shoulder when I hit him. Oh, that was a hard hit, George. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all my – you know what? It was a hit that I knew that I got him so good I knew he wasn't going to get up. I, I just knew the way that I got him. And it's crazy because he was their tough guy too. Yeah. So when you do that to their tough guy and he goes down, who's going to answer the who's going to answer the bell after the Sabine? So it, it was actually pretty, pretty funny. But I got him really hard. But you know what, Bob? I got your heart too. Like you, it was an open ice hit. It was an open ice hit. So it, it was very. It's actually very dangerous. Uh, what I did, I can't believe that I did <laughs> yes, that to it you. Was. When I think about it, after, I probably I deserved how, it. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I don't know how you got up. I don't know how you got up, though, from that. I don't know how you got up. Like, <laughs> guys, I remember Pisani was there, and everybody everybody laughed after they saw that you were okay. But at first, they were worried. Because it was like, man, he's probably dead. <laughs> like, they thought, people thought you died because it was right in the chest, and you flew. 
Your helmet flew, gloves flew, the stick, everything flew in the air. Total yard sale. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy, but you got up. Yeah, and I stupidly went over and said, let's go. Uh, but you had a pretty easy, slow-moving target to hit there, George, in the open ice. It's not exactly like I was racing up the ice. So I think it was the only time I had to puck the entire two hours that I was there that day. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but it's funny how we became really good friends after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I hated you for years because you were always ripping me. You were always ripping me, and then we had to... It was one year of ripping you, George. It wasn't, you know. I I will always say you were you know you were well hey there's nothing wrong with being too nice of a guy George you were you you had a lot of honor and integrity right you did and yeah, but think about it okay I'm 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 the tough guy on the team and I'm playing in an era of just tons of fighting yep. I'm making sure that nobody's taking liberty on your I team. hear you. I hear I'm you beating I'm beating people up and I play as hard as I can and nobody ever questioned my uh, work ethic I hear you in terms of and then I have you that you could rip some of the guys that are making so much money that they're playing at night, every second night, that they're not always there, that are sometimes invisible. You got the guy that played the hard-nosed hockey, and you're ripping me because I'm not mean enough, because you want me to be a bully on the ice, and you're ripping me because I'm not like Dave Semenko. Are you kidding me? And I'm the one fighting for a living. I'm listening to that crap. And I'm like, this guy is crazy. He doesn't, he doesn't know what fighting is like. He doesn't understand the code. What the is game, he talking the about? Game. Is he, not... never, he, never even, he doesn't even come to the dressing room to face me, to talk to me. He hides behind the radio. The one time you came, we talked for hours, and then we became friends after that. But it was not because... But you still you know, got I the hit. You still, George, you still got the hit in after. You got to admit, you got, it was a good hit. You made it count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was after, but, you know, just to even everything up so you understand what it's like to get hit. So oh, then, I, when trust you, me. Hit, you, you would know after that why there's a code. George. Why you don't hit somebody in a vulnerable position because you could hurt someone. <laughs> George, Todd Ewan. I grew up playing against Todd Ewan. He knocked Bob Probert out blank and cold in a fight once. Now, as you know, Todd's no longer with us. He, uh, yeah. he, had, he had some mental health issues. But I will tell you, when St. Albert had Viveros and, and Todd Ewan and Carnelli, they had like five guys that, of my age group that were really good major junior players and three or four guys yeah. that went on in the NHL. And Todd Ewan was an intimidating, you know, Mark Tenorti was in Red Deer. Intimidating players. Like, you know, I might have been a couple inches shorter than those guys at 14. And by the time I was 16, they were four inches or five inches taller than me. And it was trouble out there. So have a great appreciation. George, love having you on. Fans love it. They gave it to me. Keep giving it to me. It's all part of the deal. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think we're going to have some hockey. And uh, I, one more text. Uh, there's a couple guys that want to see me take on Sean Avery in the undercard of your Mike Tyson fight. What do you think of that? Well, you know, there's nothing I would love more to see that. But I think that you'd have to... First of all, you have to lose weight to to, to, to <laughs> yes. win a lot, yes, a lot. You have, to, you have to lose your triplets before you get on the ring with him because I think you would have no chance. You're not oh, in no. shape. You barely beat Robert Brownlee in a race. That was one of the great sporting moments in Edmonton history. The, hey, the four- do, you have it, do, you have, do you have it on camera? Uh, you know what? Kevin Carius had it for a while. And oh, I want to see that. I'm, I, I was so far ahead of Robin that I tripped and fell over. 
and did a forward roll and still beat Brownlee in the 40-yard dash. And then Hugh Campbell came over to me with his accent and said, I knew you weren't going to lose to that large fella. <laughs> so yeah, but, it's pretty. Yeah, but you guys, you, yeah, but there's, there's only one thing you have to correct. You guys were both rolling. Yes, yes, way. yes, George. Cool. We were we were both rolling. George, <laughs> th- hey, have a great week. Let's talk next Thursday, okay? okay. See you, George. Bye, bye, All right, see you later. That is George LaRock. Uh, it was only like a year where I was really grinding. And uh, he did hit Jeff Cowan hard. Wow. All right, we're wrapping things up here. Yes, we are. What do we got going on here? Uh, we are into the final two minutes of Oilers now. We'll tell you Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation, Mediterranean Chicken, and Brendan Escott's recommendation is the Texan. To this day in Oilers history, we already hit on it. Back in the studio, here's Brendan Escott. Yes, in 2011, Taylor Hall scores a hat trick. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with five assists as the Oilers pound Chicago 9-2. Jordan Eberle and Tom Gilbert each with a goal and three assists uh, in the beatdown as well. Okay. Uh, Mark has texted the show to say, it doesn't matter how many times I hear the Bob Stoffer george LaRock confrontation, I laugh my ass off. This is a story for the agents. It wasn't much of a confrontation. It was... Well, it was more like seeing a guy go flying in the air. I, I think I might have been somewhere between six to eight feet. I will say this. Steve McIntyre hit Chris Latang harder than George hit me, and Latang flew further than uh, I did. When he got Jeff Cowan, there was nowhere for Jeff Cowan to go. He went uh, right into the boards, It was and it was a clean hit by George, too. Uh, inside Sports tonight with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8. Tomorrow we're jammed. Craig Simpson. NHL Hockey on Rogers for Dave's Drive. Elliot Friedman will give us the update on NHL, NHL PA discussions for our friends at the River Creek Resort Casino. For the horses and horse racing, Alberta presenting live racing Fridays and Sunday evenings at Century Mile. Spectator access remains limited due to COVID restrictions. Reminder, you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Mark Spector is on the show tomorrow. And my broadcast partner, Jack Michaels. Coming up today... Just after 2 o'clock, uh, Jay Lynn Nye with the 6.30 Chet Afternoons, ATB Financials, Alberta Economic Outlook shows our province's real GDP will grow by approximately 3.3% next year, but it'll likely take until 2023 for Alberta to surpass where it was at in 2019. ATB's president and CEO and New York Giants fan, Curtis Strange, will join Jay Lynn. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Gilbert, followed by the 6.30 Chat Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.